0: Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and once again, we're following Barbara Mock's journey into retirement. As of this recording, she's still waiting for her retirement date, which is coming up at the end of March 2021. If you're listening to this in the future, start with our first episode of Following Her Journey and come along with us in sequence so that it'll make more sense. This first episode was titled Barbara's Amazing Retirement Journey, Section 1, and we released it on August 31st, 2020. We'll be following her journey pre-announcement all the way through several months after her retirement, maybe longer. This will allow us to follow her and what she goes through vicariously so that we are prepared for our own retirement. Before we start the episode, I wanted to thank each of you who responded in our community and to my email request to let me know which style of podcasting you like better. Last month, or the episode called Contentment in Life, released on December 28, 2020, was a different style. Instead of the regular interview or chatting between friends style that we've normally done in the past, I experimented with a narrative style. Now, it took me a lot of time to do this, as there is a lot of work behind the scenes in this style that I had to do myself. It was also a lot more work for Les, my husband, and the editor of this show. The results of my survey were mixed. Pretty much half of you like the long interview style and half of you like the narrative style. And a few of you wanted me to go back to talking with different people on a weekly basis. Thank you so much if you responded. Now, the weekly shows just aren't in the cards right now, but I do appreciate the sentiment. Let's address the narrative versus the long interview style. I had a lot of fun making the last show, however, I've decided that since it was 50-50 and a lot more work for me, for now I'm gonna put that narrative style on hold. I will be experimenting in the future though to try to make the show better, so expect to hear some improvements in the future. And if you meant to send me an email but didn't let me know which style you liked better, you can still send it to podcast at rockyourretirement.com to let me know. I would be thrilled to get your feedback. You can also tell me in the community. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash community. Okay, thanks for indulging me on that. Today, Barbara and I will talk about intentions. I won't make you wait any longer let 's listen in,
1: Well, it was kind of for happy new year, and i I normally every year think about the year that was past, and I really want to forget the year that was past, except for a few few highlights um, and then just looking forward and in the past, that was a time for us to really look at our finances in. Throughout our marriage, we would take the time between Christmas and um, New Year's and we would go through in whatever form we had, our bills, our expenses, and we would evaluate our goals and we would figure out what are we going to pay off? Our goal was to be debt free by this time. And so we've been having a lot of conversations about what a weird feeling it is right now that we have done that on the eve of retirement we don't have any debt, and we've minimized our expenses as much as possible. And now we're at the other side. And I have to say both of us have been kind of struggling, because our pattern was, what's our goal to pay off? And now this shift that we haven't made very well, is what's our goal to spend, right? Or stay in neutral. And we know that We want to go places and do things. It has been pouring down rain every day, storm after storm, landslides, flooding, and it's bleak. And so we've talked a lot about where will we be at this time next year? Where will we be in October? Because both of us know whether it's a week or a month or two months in the fall and then probably come home for Christmas because we didn't get a Christmas this year. But then right after Christmas, head somewhere. And that is the the discussion. Do we want to rent someplace in Hawaii? Do we want to get a trailer and drive to Arizona and park in one of those little lots and go golfing? And we don't feel like we have to make a decision right now. But I think because we're a bit bored, we can't go outside. We've been spending a lot of time. And we were always the people that were saving for the future. And now are we those people that can spend some money and go have some fun? And it's a very weird thing for us. I mean, it's a big adjustment. And so my husband is constantly saying, with you retiring and not working anymore, not putting money into 401k, not investing, that's gonna be a big adjustment for both of us. And it's just a big adjustment in the way you think. So I'd be interesting to know What have other people done, right? What have other people decided on that? We could go buy a new truck. Do we need one? We could buy a travel trailer. What size? Is it better to get a motor home? Do you invest in something that big when you're not really sure that you're going to enjoy that? Or do you do vacation rental by owner? Or do you do trusted house sitters? It's just this whole world is available to us, and yet we're still of a mindset of we need to save for retirement, and now it's here. It's very, very interesting discussions we're having these days.
0: Have you had any of these discussions with your financial advisor, or is it just between the two of you?
1: No, we have, and you know, Nick is amazing, and they have this application, if you will. I guess it's a software application, where you enter in all the things you need, right? Your your day-to-day expenses and that sort of thing. And then you can enter in all the things you want. And then you can really go crazy on a wish list, right? You know, let's buy a house somewhere. And what it does is you can toggle those things on and off and it runs a program, some sort of an algorithm. And I'm not a math whiz, but it gives like over a thousand different financial scenarios and you're nodding. So obviously you're a financial planner. So you know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Not anymore. As of 12, 2020, I'm
1: officially not a financial advisor anymore. (laughs) Well, you used to know about this because this is all new for me. And it just gives you an idea of whether you would be okay or not. And I think that's good for us because we are still of the mindset of, well, we were raising kids and paying for college and paying for weddings and very careful. And now we can loosen up a little bit, but how far is too far? And so our financial advisor has been able to say, yes, you can afford XYZ. If you were to do this, well, we might have to make some adjustments. And, um, For me as a visual person, to be able to see that all laid out that way is really helpful. For my husband, who's more the math and the spreadsheet, it gives him what he needs. And so um, we created that maybe seven years ago and never looked at it. Now we look at it about every three weeks because we're in that decision making mode and it's 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 such that we can go in and look at it and make our own adjustments without affecting the background and i have to say it's a great a great tool the
0: one that you did 7 years ago is it adjusted for today's yes. information now yeah that's awesome yeah
1: we have a um we have a meeting at least once a year now poor nick he's on speed dial i can't count how many meetings and phone calls but i figure well that's what we've been having you here all these years now it's time to to withdraw from our account if you will but we uh meet with him annually and then update you know make sure our income's right make sure what we're spending money on There were things we thought we would want to do and buy. And we said, nah, we don't want to do that anymore. So take that off the list. But, oh, we're thinking about this. So the adaptability of being able to see your dreams on paper and then what the financial consequences are is a pretty powerful tool.
0: That's great. You know, I I love the Afford Anything show. It's a podcast that I listen to. And the host of the show, her name is Paula Pant in the beginning of every show, she says, you can afford anything you want, just not everything you want. And it it has to do with your time as well. Mm -hmm. So I know that you were putting in a lot of thought about what you were going to do with your time. Have you been thinking about your goals for that as well? Or just everything is just I'm just waiting now until the end of March?
1: I would say I'm kind of in the middle. Um, One thing that I did not ever expect would be mentoring. Um, As a planning director, I have 130 employees, but I also have contacts with people in other departments. And as I've been going about my day, I have had um, four or five young women who are mid-career Asked me, would you be my mentor? And at first I thought, well, four or five is enough, you know, that's good enough. And so we're going to do that. And I've already got personal information exchanged and I'll, I'll maybe be like you without a, a, a working pay, but I'll schedule them. And I think that'll meet a couple needs for me to give back, um, to help people that I care about, um, and to just have a friend to talk to i have my own friends but these are much younger women and i'm just energized to see them at the beginning of their careers or young mothers and just be an encouragement to them i think there's a biblical tie that older women are supposed to encourage younger women but for me it's not a supposed to i I love it but i'm coming across several now that people are when are you leaving when are you going to be gone And I just haven't realized till now how much of a emotional support I've been to some of my employees and they don't want to end that. And I'm like, well, if you're okay, hanging out with an old woman once a month for half an hour, um, I'm happy to do that. So that's turning into something a little bit bigger than I would have thought. And I think I'm going to make a plan for that. Like, a schedule maybe I'll do it once or twice a week for you know an hour hour and a half but then also make a plan for them figure out what their goals are and figure out how I can help them whether it's a book we would read together or an article we would read or just a conversation so that is totally unexpected and I could probably fill up my time a lot especially if I can have lunch with them in person If we could go to dinner and have a glass of wine again, it just seems really normal to be able to do that. So that's kind of unexpected. We're talking a lot about travel. Where do we want to go? What do we want to do? One of my employees told me, and I think you may have had a show on it, I don't know, but I, I couldn't find it, about VIPs. Have you heard about that with the park service? Tell me about it. Okay, it's Volunteers in Parks, and one of my employees worked for um, the Forest Service in Lake Tahoe, and she told me that the way the Park Service, you know, nationally operates is with volunteers, people about our age or older that um, have their motorhome or travel trailer. They have a special place in the park for the volunteer employees, and she said when she was, was participating with it... As a docent, she was a historian and she would give tours. She said that they would work three days a week, six hours a day. um, And then the rest of the time they had to hike or travel around. And it was like a four-week commitment. And she said it was just funny that they would come in the summer to Lake Tahoe where it's beautiful, but then they'd all be talking about, oh, and then we go to Florida, you know, and they would kind of travel around. But she said it was a community. They were hardworking. But it wasn't heavy-duty lifting; it was like greeting at the gate or doing that sort of thing. But she said it was a party in their area, even though they were older. They it was wine o'clock at four, and that's when they would all get together and visit. And so I thought, huh, that that's something to check into. I don't know that I want to work in the summer, but I want to see some national parks. So maybe maybe there's some things we could do with that.
0: You know, I have the National Park Passport little blue book and I go in every time I go to a national park, I get it stamped. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's I called do. a passport. Yeah, I, I, I do. love doing that. And if I, we started keeping it in the car, because sometimes we'll, we'll just say, what's two hours from here? And we'll just go to a park. And of course, if I didn't bring my passport, I'd get really upset. But um I could see myself doing that. I, I don't, see less doing that. I don't think less would want to stay in a, in a uh, RV or a camper for a month or three months or whatever doing that, but I could totally see myself doing it. I think that would be a blast.
1: Yeah. I think my husband's excited. One of our to-do list items is to get the senior's lifetime golden something pass from the national park service. So once you get to a certain age, they you don't can do buy it a anymore.
0: Pass. They got rid of it a couple years ago. Less has oh. it. But um, you have to pay annually now. But it's still, I mean, it's still a a good value. But yeah, when Les got his, I was thinking, I don't qualify for that. I won't be able to do that. It's really unfair. I wonder if I could sneak using his if, you know, like in 30 years when, (laughs) let's see, in 30 years when I'm 85, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, we talked about that I should get it because I'm younger and I'm a woman and the actuarials that they keep showing us says that I'm going to be a widow someday. And so rather than Mike getting it, um, we decided that I'll probably get it. So whatever it is, I'll, I'll check into it.
0: Maybe they reopened it. Who knows? But I do believe that they stopped offering the lifetime national park passes.
1: Not surprised. You asked about my happy new year, my intention. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you about those. I have tried to do new year's resolutions in the past. It works about till February. (laughs) And if it's not a habit within four weeks, it's, it's not going to happen. And so I made a list of kind of my top 10 and I printed them up and I stuck them on my bathroom mirror when I brush my teeth of things that I'm intending for 2021 And it's not necessarily a resolution, but they're just reminders that I look upon and they're short. But the first one is to be open to new possibilities. I have been doing the same department, not the same job, but I've been in the same place for 44 years. And it's just time to be open to kind of what's new. So I'm just kind of keeping an open hand and an open heart about what my life could be this year and just trying some new things
0: well I have a suggestion on that yeah uh, you know this whole mentoring thing that you're doing with these women yeah how many are there four or five um
1: I think I'm up to seven now
0: seven uh-huh. you, you know Barb there are people that charge for what you're planning to do oh. <laughs> they're called business coaches
1: <laughs> I have never thought of that and I'm not sure I feel qualified but um, for for these these gals, it'll be for free. <laughs> or for a glass of wine. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. The next one is care for others. I I feel like I have been doing that in my work, and then I'll have this capacity in this time. And so just finding an opportunity to care for not just people I love, but people that are in a more difficult situation. And that's where the be open to new possibilities are. I really don't know what that looks like, but that is an intention. And then I really like stability. I'm the person that, you know, has stayed with the same guy since I was 16 for, for good reason. But, but I've really sought that kind of marital stability, financial stability and uh, uh, stability in my job. But I do want to embrace change, which will be a, a shift for me, right? Because I'm always seeking to, you know, keep things solid and, you I know that when you embrace change, things can be a little more volatile. So I'm trying to be open to that. Um, be patient. I am pretty driven and I can get impatient. I, I get a plan. I want to implement. I want to get things done. And I think that's the opposite of what I should be doing in retirement is not being in a hurry to figure it all out, to not fill my schedule up with stuff. To just let it be. Um, so I'm going to need to look at that. Words, be patient every day, I'm sure. With all that's been going on uh, politically this last fall and right now, so one of my intentions is to look for the good. With all that's been going on in the world, with the election, with all the volatility, it's easy for me to get sucked into social media and the news. One day this week, our Bible study is studying Revelation, and we're in in just this really difficult tribulation study, and it's, it's a little heavy. And then in my Bible study for the morning, it was Job. And then I turned on the news, and everything was going crazy at the Capitol. And so one of my intention is to look for the good. There is bad around us everywhere all the time, and it's easy to just become overwhelmed thinking that... That's the way things are everywhere. And I know they're not. So for 2021, I'm going to continue to look for where there is good. And I won't ignore the bad, but I'm not going to allow it to consume me. I feel like disconnecting from some of this stuff is a healthy thing for me. Another one is to reconnect with old friends and family. We stay pretty well connected, but not at a deep level because I didn't have time. It was great to see people if there was a holiday or a family gathering, but I have some amazing aunts and uh, uncles and cousins that I just don't get to spend real intentional time with. And so rather than just waiting for the next family reunion, why not call one of them and say, Hey, can I come over and see you or even a phone call? Um, But I'll need to be intentional about that because it's easy to let life just spin away Another is to not be in a hurry. My husband always says, you're always in a hurry. He likes to take time to methodically think about things and do things and I'm like, no, let's just get it done. So I'm really going to have to remind myself to not be in a hurry to implement my plan or complete a plan. I just need to kind of let things roll, which there's a theme here I'm realizing that I'm a little worried about. <laughs> I was going to say do any of these things conflict with each other? <laughs> yes, I think they do. <laughs> um I have remember every day is Saturday. My daughter-in-law, her dad and mom, he's retired for a couple years now and that's his saying. Every day is Saturday. And what he means by that is that a lot of times during the week you you get your work done and you you know, you scurry and then on the weekend It's Saturday. We get to take a break. And what he says is he's not in a hurry to get a project done or chop that wood or remodel or do whatever because every day is Saturday. So just take your time. I'd really like to make some new friends. I have wonderful friends, but they're all working. And so I'm really looking for someone to golf with, someone to bike ride with, um, probably a woman about my age and so i'm going to put myself in places and environments where there'll be a chance to make some new friends i'm going to join the women's um golf club um my husband is part of the men's club and there's a very 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 small women's club and i figure if i put myself in that environment it's just easy to golf and then go have lunch later and and connect um i'm taking golf lessons from a woman golf pro who I love and she has said when the weather's better she will take me to some of the other local golf courses and introduce me to the women's clubs there and I'm super excited about that and she she gets me I just adore her and so I, I think I made a friend and yes I'm paying for lessons but there's it's just more than that. But she mentioned to me that she'll be playing in the women's LPGA um, senior tour in Europe in 2023 Mm. in Spain. Is there a Europe trip planned here? (laughs) I said, what number am I on your list? And she goes, you're number six. She's already got five other people that are coming with her. And I'll get to be a groupie, and and I've never done this before, but to watch her golf, of course, will be fun. But then she'll be touring us around. So that's what I I told my husband. He just looked at me and went, oh, boy. And I said, well, Lord willing, if we're all still alive and everybody can travel, um, that's an intention. And I think going on a trip like that, I don't want to say it's once in a lifetime. I hope I get to do it more, but I think that's a great way to bond and connect with people. I don't know about you, but when I travel, you know, you're all kind of in it together. And uh, that is one of the things I love about travel is not just meeting new people that are from different places, different cultures, different, different ethnicities. But when you're traveling with a group, there's just something that's really, really fun that happens.
0: Bonding experience over shared, shared activities and shared, oh, look at that. I've never seen that before. You know, that kind of thing. I love it
1: so those are my 10 intentions they're not resolutions and um, i'll just keep them forward in my mind and when i'm wondering what to do next i'll just look at my list and go well how do i implement that but hopefully i can do it patiently not in a hurry and just remember every day for me will be saturday after march 28th
0: wow that's great you know A couple of years ago, my New Year's resolution was to never make New Year's resolutions anymore. And um, last year, you know, it's interesting because I didn't consider this a New Year's resolution. But last year, around the first of the year, is when I joined Beachbody On Demand. And that's the program that I use to exercise. And Les and I made an agreement that we wouldn't watch TV before we did some kind of exercise, not including walking the dog, because the way our dog walks, it's not really exercise to take her out. But I guess it was kind of a New Year's resolution because it was around the first of the year. And, um, you know, I've lost 18 pounds because Good of it. You.
1: you look great.
0: It took me a, you know, I didn't lose it in a month. You know, it took me the whole year to lose it. And I still, right now, I'm. it's tough because I've lost what I want to lose. And Um, I do have a trip planned in August, which will likely be canceled, but it is a cruise. And so my goal is to lose five pounds between now and then so that I can gain five pounds on the cruise and still be this weight. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's how I'm going to have to do it from now on is lose the weight before I go on my vacations because trying to, trying to lose it after you're above your weight to me, that's just too hard it's just too hard. But yeah, so so that gives me several months to lose five pounds. I'm losing about one pound a month. That's my normal weight loss. I know it's not exciting. You know, I'm not losing 15 pounds in a month like some people do, but that's just not me. That's yeah, a healthy I that way was. to do it.
1: Healthy way to do it. <laughs> it's the
0: only way I can do it. So March 28th, it's kind of creeping towards us. You know, you've got these intentions that you're going to do. Some of them conflict, I guess. You'll you'll start learning how to, you know, be more of a Saturday, but you still got seven women that you're mentoring now. Sounds like you're going to put together a formal formalized program because you can't help but be the manager, right? There you go. Got to
1: organize it. <laughs> Are you planning on meeting with these women individually or as a group or both? No, it'll be individually. And I'm actually kind of doing it right now. I, my schedule's been clearing up in a way that it never did before I'm handing things off I've been uh, including my deputy in meetings that I normally would have with like a county council member or an executive um, staff person and so that's been very good just you know, to, you know people know him but to introduce him and to say okay you know after March you know you'll need to talk to him and I, I guess that's kind of making it really real I thought, well, we would transition with with my mentoring, and so I, you know, just a half an hour here or there, once a month. But I have to say, the time is going by really fast. Like when we first talked, and I said nine months, it seemed like, wow, that you know, you could have a baby in that time. That's a long time. But when this airs, I'll only be two months from retiring. And when I counted up the actual days worked you know, at the beginning of the year in January, it was like 90 90 days, but I only had 45 days to work. Because when you take out the weekends and leave time, um, that makes it really real. And there's moments where I think, oh, what are they going to do in this situation? You know, how are they going to manage with what I was doing? And I think, well, they'll be fine. They'll Um, figure it out. They'll figure it out. Absolutely. But on the other hand, some of them are saying, What are we going to do without you? And for a few, I select, well, you don't have to. If you want to continue a friendship or a relationship beyond work, I'm happy to do that because I will have the time. And they're excited about it. So for as long as they want or need me in their lives, I'm I'm happy to, to be there. And I think that'll be, instead of just going off a cliff, like go, 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 and then nothing, it, it maybe can be kind of a easing my way into a landing because I think a lot of things that a manager does besides managing budgets and attending meetings is lead from behind mentoring and coaching your employees to excellence. And I enjoy that aspect a great deal of my job and it doesn't really have to end. And it actually frees me up to have really candid conversations right? Because when it's your employee, there is a, you know, director-employee relationship. There are supervisors and managers, you know, in between in the hierarchy structure. When I retire, there's no structure. There's no, there's no employer-employee relationship. It can be more of a a friendship. And I'm, I'm liking the idea of that.
0: Well, I'm, I'm so glad. I do have to tell you that while you're talking, my ears are perking up as, someone who's not in my twenties or thirties, but someone who's a little bit younger than you, what you are talking about sounds like a consulting position and a man would be charging for it.
1: Okay. Well <laughs> you know? but just I'll have, I'll have to think about that. Who knows? Maybe maybe the way things work is it becomes a transitional thing. Maybe my first little circle or free and then and then can decide. It's funny though, when I think about retirement, I think it's not working, so it's not getting paid. But I like the idea that you've put forth is that your work can be your purpose. Your work can be volunteering. Your work doesn't have to be a nine to five job where you get paid. But I have have had people ask me, well, will you go work as a temporary planning director somewhere? And I say, oh, I, you know, I, I think I need a break. I think I want to just do something a little different. Someone just last night asked me if I'd be on a board of directors for a uh, housing and homeless um, group because of my knowledge of permitting and planning. And a lot of time that's a, an area that, you know, housing groups have great intention and they have um, a great focus on services, you know, providing help for people who are, you know, drugs or mental health issues. But what they always don't seem to understand is if you're going to build something for them, you're a developer. And they usually, unfortunately, pick very, very poor sites that are very, very expensive to, to develop. And I have always wished in my career, I could say, oh, I wish someone could tell you, you know, what I know, to prevent you from making that kind of mistake. because. We don't have money to waste on that issue. And so I thought, oh, my gosh. So I don't think there's going to be any lack of of possibilities. I think I'm just going to have to choose wisely. And I tend to overbook myself anyway. So my intention is to do a slow roll and not get overcommitted. Otherwise, I might as well have just stayed working. Have you,
0: um, you, I know that you're a planner. Have you blocked out
1: empty time in your calendar? Well, it's interesting. The calendar behind me, it's already filling up. So I better do that. And again, it's filling up with hopes, right? Like you've booked your your trip that may get canceled. Let's Um, let's be honest. It's probably going to get canceled. Right, right. But the point is, is it was an action you took that gave you a chance to think about something, to plan for something, to look forward to something, even though you're preparing and stealing yourself for major disappointment. I've been really careful to try to not do that, and yet we've got three or four things that I know in my heart we may or may not go, but it's just so situational. Like when we book those things the coronavirus numbers in Washington state were going way down and now here they're coming up and things have gone up, but again, the vaccine. So it's, it's so hard to plan when you just don't know what's going to be happening. And then in the end, I know people are flying. I know they're traveling and they're not getting COVID. So, you know, there's this tension between how much do you restrict yourself and how much do you live And that's maybe a sign of, um, pandemic exhaustion, you know, I'm having the same issue. Yeah. We're just really struggling with, okay, you know, so what, um, which is probably not a good attitude, but, um, I've had, my. you know what,
0: what stops me because, you know, I, I'm really struggling with the lack of, being able to socialize with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've been really careful. I think I mentioned before that I am not even going into most grocery stores. I'm ordering in advance and having them put it in my trunk. But on the other hand, I know so many people who have gotten it and survived. And I know that I would survive if I got it. But what keeps me from socializing and doing things that I would normally do is the fear that I would pass it on to somebody else, you know, one of my neighbors or my husband or somebody else? You know, I, I don't fear for my own self, but I live in a fifty-five and older community where many of the people that I know are actually in their eighties, and I just don't know what I would. I don't think I could live with myself if if I passed it on to one of them. But like you, I'm I have fatigue. You know, I have the fatigue, what do they call it? Virus fatigue or pandemic fatigue or whatever. And that's why the numbers are going up because so many of us are fatigued and having the same thoughts that I'm having, which is why should I be so careful? I'm, you know, I know people that have survived and, um, you know, I just, I, I I don't have the answer. I don't know what to do. You know, I, I hope that this I hope the vaccine uh, protects the at-risk people and allows them to survive, you know, so that we can all go back to some normalcy. I don't think it's ever going to go back to the way it was before. There's going to be people like me who are not going to shake hands and, um, you know, it's, it's going to be different. It's like we, we are no longer the same country that we were before nine eleven, And we're not going to be the same country after this pandemic is officially over. I wish I had a crystal ball to see, you know, joy coming back again. I don't have a crystal ball. So for people like me that are, I'm a long-term planner. I didn't get married until I was 42 because every time or whatever, however old I was, Because every time I was in a relationship, my mind would go, after about two years, my mind would go five or 10 years forward. And I just couldn't see myself with that person. And so I would break up. And um, now my mind is going forward. What is our life going to look like in five or 10 years? I I wish I knew. You know, I know for you, you are probably going to be you know, joining the VIP program, or, you know, still with your mentees, or, you know, maybe you'll build a new nonprofit group, I do see you doing something, you know, some legacy, some purpose, I I see that in you. I, I don't know, you know, this podcast is actually part of my legacy, the reason why I'm doing it, I do feel that having this podcast is affecting people on a positive basis that our listeners have you know some of them have reached out to me to let me know, but podcasting is kind of a lonely, a lonely gig. You know, I'm I'm glad that I'm doing this now with Barbara, um, but generally it is lonely. Myself, I'm a podcaster. I know some. I've actually met many of the podcasters that I listen to, but do I reach out to them? Do I email them? Do I comment on their on their notes? No, because I'm just like you. I'm just like the listener. We, we listen and we, we make intentions to respond and we forget. And that's why Barbara's blog posts, the blog posts that Barbara puts out actually get more responses than the podcasts because people who read blogs many times will comment, but people who listen to podcasts, it's, it's well known among the podcaster community that we get a lot more listeners than we get people that come to the website to post.
1: So, (laughs) but I do see you
0: doing something great, Barbara. Well, we'll
1: see. I, I think that the person I talked to in the spring, kind of my hero, I think I talked about Linda before um, her best advice was just keep trying things, but then you don't have time to waste if you don't like them. And so just listening to her you know, very successful in her career. Just an amazing, amazing person. And she would do stuff for maybe one or two years and, and stick in. And she goes, well, um, yeah, I did that. And it's not really meeting my needs right now. And I don't feel like I'm being effective in whatever it was she's was doing. So she would move on to something else until she found kind of her thing or things. And I think that's just great advice for those of us that are entering retirement. Don't be in too big a hurry to jump into a lot of things, but the things you do jump into, make sure they're fulfilling and worthwhile and what you want, because unlike a job where you need a paycheck and maybe you stick in a lot longer than you normally would because leaving a job and coming and going has its consequences, when you're retired, you should be able to do what you want when you want to and... And derive some sense of satisfaction from it rather than just enduring and sticking in. And so I think that was great advice that I've thought about a lot.
0: One of the things that I did several years ago was I started offloading some of the volunteer activities that I was doing at the time. And because I was involved in a lot of nonprofit organizations and Marie Forleo, I don't know if you know who she is, but... um, She's a kind of, she was on the um, Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey show, and she's got a book called Everything is Outable." And I went through one of her business programs that she offers once a year, a few years ago, back in 2017. And she provided a template email that you could use a kind of a fill in the blank to say, I'm not, you know, Basically let people down because when you leave a nonprofit position or anything, you know, even if it's just whatever it is that you're doing, there's a lot of guilt involved. You know, you've been with a nonprofit for five years and now you're leaving. Why? And so she provided a template email of what you could send out that is basically saying, I'm not I'm not doing this anymore in a nice but firm way so that it's not wishy-washy. A lot of us as women, we're like, well, I just can't do it right now. And then you're getting people to come back. Well, when can you do it? You know, it's been a year. Can you come back now? And so it's a final note that yes, this was great, but I can't do it anymore. And it's final. So if you're going to be trying a lot of these things, you might want to have an exit plan available to you because it's tough. You do do feel guilty and you get involved with people. And, you know, it's the usually the people that make you want to stay. But if it's not serving you, and your time is too booked, and now you don't have time to spend with your husband or your family or whatever, you're going to want to have an exit plan.
1: (laughs) Well, this is precisely why I like this podcast is, it's therapy. It's free therapy for me. And obviously you're getting to know me that boundaries and saying no are a challenge. Obviously you've picked that up. So I love that idea. I could probably write my own template letter and I should probably get it done and have it on hand so that it's ready when the time comes. Um, it's just a great, thing to remind ourselves, because I think I don't do transitions well, right? When I first had kids, it was a big adjustment. Then they went to school, it was a big adjustment, and all the way through, and so this is a big adjustment. Volunteering and trying new things will be a big adjustment, but how do I get out of it if it's not meeting my needs, and I'm the one that will show up, be there on time, and do it even when it's not very fun? Luckily, I have a husband who will say, you're overbooked. You need to be done. And I can receive that from him because we've learned that I will overbook and overcommit for good things. And he will say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. It isn't that he's not compassionate. He just realizes there need to be boundaries. And so luckily I have got someone who can kind of nudge me in that direction, not make the decision for me, but to say, uh, you are really sure about this?
0: That's great. That's That's what makes your relationship such a good one is that you're not carbon copies of each other but you work well together.
1: So far and I think that's one thing during the holiday normally we are planned a trip or we've got lots of people I had 14 days off I just intentionally took time off and the first two days were rugged because I got up every morning okay what are we gonna do what's our project nothing gonna happen (laughs) and that's what he said And I thought, this is going to be a nightmare. It was the first time in my life. And he said, well, why don't you practice for retirement again, like you did for summer? And I can't tell you where the days went. But I just existed. And I didn't plan. And I didn't strive. And we couldn't go outside. It was just torrential weather. Um, But I managed. So we did some puzzles, played cards, but at the end of the week, we still loved each other, and we realized that we can be together 24-7. Not not that I want to do that all the time, but during the winter, we, we can do that. But we did spend a lot of time thinking about where could we be in next winter that would be more active, because that was what we missed, just being able to be outside. Someday. Someday things will, will be normal. Well, Barbara, it was
0: really nice talking with you again today. Thank you. And for the listener... We'll see you next time on the Rock Your Retirement Show. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116.